Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Here's a question for you. Have you ever uh, been in a, perhaps, a situation and thought to yourself, well, I didn't see this one coming. We're kind of like in that situation right now, aren't we? I didn't see this one coming. I had no clue that this was going to be coming down the road. And maybe have you been in a situation where you said to yourself, man, I, I, I didn't think I would be in a spot where I would be losing my job. Or maybe I wouldn't be in a spot where um, my job is threatened or my income is threatened or perhaps, you know, my um, livelihood is threatened. Man, we've seen people experience that recently. And I know many people have been caught off guard. Well, today we got a good word for you. You need to hear this word. This word is just for you. And you don't want to forget this word. We're going to be talking about Jehovah Jireh. Now, we've been in a series called A Thing or Two. And we've been talking about the different names of God. And God has different compound names. And one of the names we started with, I'll just kind of review it really quickly, is Jehovah Shalom. We started with that. It means God is my peace. And um, let me just say this before we go any further. You know, when God reveals himself to us in a compound name, two, two names being one, when God reveals to us a compound, himself as a compound name, it's typically because there's a situation going on in someone's life or somebody's life or a people group's life and God needs to reveal himself to them in a way that they see the power of him in that situation. Because every situation you're in, here's the good news, God has a name for that. Isn't that good news? In fact, turn to your, your spouse, turn to your friend, turn to your neighbor, turn to whoever you're sitting there with and tell them that's good news. Did you tell him? No, you didn't tell him. Come on, tell him. All right, there you go. There you go. That's good news. Here we go. So God says, uh, I am Jehovah Shalom. He told Gideon that. He told Gideon that because Gideon was in a situation where he had to experience courage. And what God says, I'm going to show you my peace, and my peace is going to bring you courage. And his courage ended up changing the nation. Then we talked about Jehovah Nisi and how God is my banner. And what is a banner? It's a flag. It's a cause. And, and, and God came to Joshua and began to show Joshua as he's fighting the Amalekites, as they've now moved into their promised destiny, he needed, he needed to see God in a new way. And, and so Moses was up there on the mountaintop lifting his hands and assigned to us of the posture of prayer. So Moses is praying to God, and Joshua's fighting the fight down in the valley, and when he'd look up, he would see Moses, his hands lifted up, praying, interceding, and the battle was being waged against the enemy, and they were losing. But whenever Moses lowered his hands, then they began to lose. And so uh, after it was all over, and the Israelites won the battle, they named that place Jehovah Nissi. Uh, God, God is Jehovah Nissi. God is, is my banner. He's my cause. He's He's what causes me to go through stuff and remain strong. And then uh, we talked about the third week. Uh, Pastor uh, Kemp gave us a great message on God is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, and uh, a message that David uh, wrote and was very personal. Psalms 23 to David, of course, God being a shepherd, 
um, takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. His goodness, his mercy, they follow me all the days of our lives. God, God showed David that side of himself. And then last week we talked about God being Jehovah Rapha, God being our healer, how Moses brought the people to this bittersweet, uh, not sweet at the time, but a bitter situation. And what happened? They needed that water to become sweet or they were probably not going to last much longer in the desert without water. And God told Moses, you take that piece of wood over there and throw it in the water and a miracle, this thing's going to become sweet. And we know that that piece of wood was a message to us today that God, the cross, thrown into our situation, becomes suddenly a new situation and becomes sweet. Anytime you throw the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ into any situation, everything changes. It was an incredible message spoken to Moses and the people because God revealed himself as Jehovah um, uh, Rapha to them at that time, that he is our healer. God is our healer. And today, we're going to talk about Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Come on. The Lord will provide. That's good news. The Lord will provide. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Um, sometime later, God tested Abraham. Don't you love that word? Tested. And he said to him, Abraham, here am I. God said, I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and I want you to go to the region of Moriah. And I want you to sacrifice there him as a burnt offering on a mountain I want, that I'll show you. And early the next morning, Abraham got up, he loaded his donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for a place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, you stay here, you stay with the donkey, and, and I and the boy are going to go over there. We're going to worship. We're going to worship, is what he said. We're going to worship, and then we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood, and he took the burnt offering, he placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them went together. And Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham said, the fire, the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Hmm. And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together, and when they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it, and he bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, here am I, here I am. He said, do, do not lay a hand on that boy, he said, do not do anything to him. And here's why he stopped him. He says, now I know that you fear God. Mm. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. Probably the quietest ram ever caught by its horns in the history of the world. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place, here we go, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So here we go. We got a, 
a situation here. This is, this is a story that, I'll be honest with you, I've heard from my childhood, and I've always scratched my head and wondered, this, is like a, this isn't a very cool story. It's almost like a cruel story. And what is about this story? What in the world? This whole story, this whole event brought a theological um, conflict, if you would, to Abraham. This thing didn't even make sense. God had told him 10 chapters earlier. God said, listen, Abraham, I am going to bless you. I want to bless you so huge, such a great way that out of you will come a seed, it will come a, a nation, and it will be a blessing to the world. And other nations will be blessed because of you. And, and you will be birthing a nation. And, and so, man, Abraham's excited. And eventually that happens, you know, at the age of 100. His wife's 90. And, and he has a son. And his son's a teenager, though. He's not married. He hasn't had any children. And now God tells him, I want you to kill the very promise that God had given him. And it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where it just doesn't make sense? Maybe, maybe right now we're in that situation. You're in that situation. Things are going on. You go, this just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not seeing God in this situation, but I, I, I don't understand. This is crazy. Why is this happening? What's the purpose of this whole thing? Why am I going through this? What's this all about? And can anything good come out of this situation? I mean, it was a crisis for him. Can you imagine? It was a crisis with his wife. Can you, can you imagine how that conversation went? Maybe that's why he got up so early the next morning, because he didn't want to tell his wife what was about to go down. It was a crisis, no doubt, with his friends that he had, his neighbors, that he had been sharing God with all these times, and now they celebrated perhaps with him a few days ago or years ago, uh, the, his son's birth, and now he's telling, has to tell him that he's going to kill his son. That, that, what in the world? It, it, was a, it, was a, it was an emotional crisis as well. Can you imagine the trauma that he was experiencing trying to be obedient to God and yet God asked him to do such a horrendous thing. I, I, it's a story that has always baffled me. But this morning, right where you're at, I, wanna, I just want to open this up to you because I believe God has something to say and it's, and it's going to make sense to you when we're done. First of all, the good news is that God's about to reveal to Abraham another side of himself that he never knew existed. Can I just say this to you? In all this stuff that's going on in your life right now, God wants to reveal another part of his character to you in this situation. Perhaps a side of him, of God, that you've never, ever experienced before. Out of every crisis, God wants to reveal another part of his name and make it all good. And so sometimes God brings us to these places, to these struggles, to these crises, to reveal another part of of himself to us. And it says to us that this was a test. Last week we was reading and it was a test as well for Moses and the people. Now we see God giving Abraham. There's a test. This is a test involved. Do you remember growing up and you walk into class and you're just hanging out with, waiting for the teacher to show up and you're just having a good time and just chit-chatting with your friends and all of a sudden, the teacher walks in, and 
with that bellowing voice says, all right, everybody, books underneath your desk. And your heart just jumped up into your chest. Pulled out a piece of paper and one pencil, write your name at the top, and you knew what was coming. A pop quiz. Come on. Why in the world? Those were like so strenuous for me. I mean, sometimes I felt like I was going to pass out, right? What in the world? I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. I, I don't know what we're going to... I haven't studied. I don't know. And that's exactly why they wanted to give a test, to see if we were tracking with the teacher. And um, sometimes it worked out good, sometimes it didn't, right? And so God's got this little pop quiz he's given Abraham, but this is a huge, huge test. And he's given him this test because he's wanting to find something out. And here's, this is an important detail. He wants to know when Abraham is faced with an option, will he choose the blessing or the blesser? When you are faced with an option, will you choose the blessing or will you choose the blesser? It's really easy in these, the culture that we live in, and we're kind of experiencing it now, to, to find ourselves really enjoying the blessing and really undervaluing and devaluing the blesser. God wanted to know how deep, really, Abraham, is your worship going to go? Now, there's two things going on. We got a small picture of what's going on in Abraham's life, and we got a bigger picture going on as well. So we're talking about the small picture for just a few minutes, and we'll get to the bigger picture in just a few more moments. But the Bible says that, that God's really wanting to drill down and, and wanting to know what is the extent of this man's worship to him. Remember, Abraham's considered the father of our faith. If you're going to be the father of anything, everybody following the father of the faith is going to look and resemble that of the father. And so God's really, he's really testing. He wants to know that this guy is the real deal. And so Abraham gets up early, takes a three-day journey, takes the wood with him, and gets everything prepared, and he finds the mountain that God had said to go to that shows him the mountain. They climb the mountain, and there they go about the scenario of putting Isaac on the altar and and there's the ram and the thicket, the whole thing we just read about. And, and it's there that God says, I will provide. So I just want to, I just want to tell you something uh, before we get, and I'm going to give you what's uh, three th- four things that God's looking for in the test. Four things that God's looking for in the test. But what's encouraging to me about this whole scenario was that while Abraham is going up on one side of the mountain to sacrifice his son, his only son, while he's going up thinking that this is it, God had already made a provision for this scenario, and that provision was climbing up the other side of the mountain in the form of a ram. And then when they both got to the top of the mountain, God allowed the ram to be the provision for Abraham in this scenario, the Jehovah Jireh. The, can I just say this, to stop for a minute, no matter what situation you're in right now and what the crisis is, how how tough things may be going, it may be a financial thing with your job and some stuff going on that way, Can I tell you that God wants you to know that he will be your provider? But he has to know that you love him as the blessor more than you love the blessings. And that you're not going to 
turn tail and run when things get bad or things get tough, but instead you're going to lean into God and say, God, I need you to become real to me, greater than any way I've ever known you before. I need you to be my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And God will prove himself in this situation that you're in right now as, his, as, as your provider. You need to know that. It's very important. In this season, don't pass up a good test without getting a good grade because you're going to get the test again if you don't. Here we go. What's God looking for in a test? Well, number one, God's looking to see how quickly you're going to obey, right? How quick are you going to obey him? I mean, Abraham could have said, him hauled around and go, man, I don't know. I don't know if I heard God right. I don't, I, I don't know if, if this, this, isn't, I, this doesn't make sense. I I think I need to wait at this thing out for a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe, maybe until I'm dead. You know, I, no, but the Bible says that Abraham woke up early the next morning. Can I just say this to you this morning, that delayed obedience is the same as partial disobedience. That God's looking for a quick response to what he's asking you to do. He rose up early. Maybe you haven't seeing God as Jehovah Jireh in your life ever before. But maybe it's because God is still waiting for you to act on what he's already said to you. Maybe you haven't seen God as your provider because you, back a while back, you know, heard the impressions of God and felt the leading of the Lord, but yet you haven't responded, you haven't acted on it. And, and now what could have taken just 10 minutes is now taking you 10 years. You're, you're 10 years down the road and you're still looking for that answer or that breakthrough and, and it could have happened in 10 minutes if you just responded earlier and quickly to the Lord. How quick will you respond to the Lord? Hmm. Number two, what is God looking for in a test? To what depth will I trust God with my Isaac? What, what, what depth am I going to go to? The, the thing that means the most to me, guess what, is never mine. It's never yours. The thing that means, you, you, you think this is the great. Listen, he had been believing for a son for a hundred years. A hundred years. That is like mind-blowing. Finally, he gets the answer to his dreams. He had dreamed for this. Maybe for you it's a job, a dream job. Maybe a career, or the house, or the whatever, the, the relationship, the, the person that you always wanted to have, the friends that you always wanted to have. And finally you get it. Can I ask you, is that really what you really are going to hold on? Is that your Isaac that God's asking you to give up for him? The, the reality is that everybody has an Isaac. Everybody does. There's something that if you're not careful, we'll grab your heart and it will stand between you and God. I remember I was uh, in my early 20s and um, um, at that point in my life, I, I thought the next move in my life was probably to some kind of a long-term relationship. And so I had been in a relationship with a person and, and um, went to a, a youth, uh, like a youth conference uh, with uh, this girl and we'd been dating for quite a while and and we were at this youth conference, and, uh, and I was just seeking the Lord, just worshiping God, just hungering for the Lord. And, and I had a great 
great time of worship and sitting there and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the conference speaker began to speak and he began to talk about something similar to this. And, and the Lord began to sh- show me that that relationship had come before him. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I didn't realize that until he kind of put his finger on it, you know? He kind of magnified it in my life. And I, I thought to myself, I have. I've, I put this relationship before him. And so we're going through the service, and at the very end, the speaker says, I, I know there's some people here that have put something before God. And uh, God today is coming to you, and he's asking you to lay that thing down. And I'll tell you what, I knew he was talking exactly to me. Well, the good news was he wasn't talking just exactly to me because there was a lot of people that moved out, and they began to move to the front, and they knelt down and began to give God whatever it was, and and man, I was sitting there white knuckling it, you know what I'm talking about, and and, um, and 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 we're just having a good time there until that time, and then suddenly, man, I just I buckled and I went to the front. My goodness, and I gave that. Uh, she was sitting right next to me. I stepped away out, and uh, and I gave it up, and um, it was a hard thing to do. It was an Isaac. I had made that relationship in Isaac, and and um, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I, I obeyed the Lord. I'm thankful that God had better plans and, and I could trust him. That's what you have to know, that you can trust God. And in order to give up your Isaac, that has to be reality inside of your heart. And the third thing, when it comes to this testing that God brings to us, how deep is my commitment? How deep is my commitment really going to go? Isaac had to be strapped to the altar. He was, he was his own son. He, he, he tied him up and he, he, he hoists him up and lays him on this, this altar that he had made with on top of this wood underneath it. And, and I, I can't imagine what he was going through. My, my heart just breaks trying to just think through that, that whole scenario. And I mean, his son probably saying, Dad, I love you, you know, but... I'll do whatever, and I, oh my goodness, I, 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 a heart-wrenching experience. But here's the good news. You got to hear this. It was only after he put Isaac up on the altar did God's solution show up to him. Sometimes, many times, God will not show you the solution you're looking for until you put your Isaac up on the altar that he's asking you to, to give up to him. And it was only then after he, he, he'd put the, his son, his only son, right there, hand, knife in his hand, ready to plunge it down, every intention just to follow through with what God had told him. It was only then that, that God intervened and stepped in and showed him the solution that God never wanted really his son. I'll talk about that in just a second, but he showed him the solution. What was the solution? It was over there. It was a ram. His horns caught in the thicket. Couldn't get away. And that was the solution. And guess what? After Isaac was placed on that altar, God says to him in verse 15 and 18, God says, look, man, because you went all out, just because you gave it all for me, because you have done this, have not withheld your son, your only son, 
God says to this, he says, I'm going to, look at this, I will bless you, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Look at what happened because God found a man willing to give God absolutely everything that he thought was dear to him. Maybe if you're a young person, it's friends. Maybe it's a, you're single, it's a relationship, like I'm talking, maybe it's a career, maybe, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a, a position in, in the community. I, I don't know what it is for you, but sometimes we have to hear God and be willing to give it up to God. I, I, I've got so many stories that I could share, but I, I don't have time, but there are these situations that we come to, right? We've got to give our Isaacs up to God. Number four, you got to get the location right. Very important. Abraham had to find the mountain that God had in mind. God says, you go to find the mountain that I'll show you. Every, everything has a right place. It has the right time. It has the right place. He had to get that location right. And I'll tell you one thing, and this is a side note. If this whole virus situation hasn't taught me anything, it's taught me the value of the body of Christ coming together. I can't wait until we pull the plug and we, we all begin to gather again together. Uh, man, it's, we're going to have a good old time. We're going to have a wonderful time because you got to be in the right place. And this, the gathering together of the saints, is the right place. Now, as I get ready to, to close, I just want to share a scripture with you. And I just want you to know that, yes, this was a test for Abraham, but there is also a bigger picture going on. Because, well, if you don't understand, well, if you understand what the word covenant means, and God had made a covenant with Abraham, we call it the Abrahamic covenant. And God had made a covenant with Abraham, and this is how, how I believe Abraham was able to negotiate and navigate through this incredible time. A covenant, when you cut a covenant with another person, part of the terms are is that everything that I have becomes yours. And everything that you have becomes mine. That's part of the covenant process. There's friendship involved. There's loyalty involved. There's all that involved. And so God himself made a covenant with Abraham. And now God says to him, I, I, I want your, your son. And, 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 and Abraham's like, okay, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. Uh, and so he goes to bed that night, he's thinking, okay, look at this, this is huge. If God is asking me for my son, my only son, then that means that perhaps God is going to give me back his son. Think about it, because that's, that's what a covenant is. I give you something and you give me something of equal or greater value. And God is not going to be a debtor to anyone. In fact, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees at one point, and he tells the Pharisees, he says, you know what, your, your, your father Abraham literally saw this whole thing coming, uh, coming down, down the pipe. He, uh, he, he saw the Lamb of God. He saw the Son of God in his view. He, he knew what was going on. There was something greater than just, okay, just a test. It was, God was working on a plan. What was his plan? His, God's plan was to redeem humanity. But the only way God could do that was with a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice. 
Isaac wasn't going to be the guy. He wasn't a perfect sacrifice. God had to give his own, bring his own son. But in order to activate the answer to the problem, God had to find a man who was willing to make covenant with him and give him his son. So God could do what? Give him his son. And his son became the lamb for the salvation of the world. You can say amen. That's okay. And I'm telling you, that's, God has always had a plan. And the plan is to redeem humanity. And the story, the story is so, so amazing because God says, you know, you, Abraham, you go and you find the mountain that I will show you. And guess what? He, he's looking. He's like, where is that mountain? It ends up being Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is just a few hundred feet from guess where? Calvary. 1,700 years later, God would, in return to Abraham's obedience by offering up his son, God would come down and give us his son on the very same spot that Abraham had made his sacrifice. God was working a plan so much bigger than Abraham's mind could even comprehend at that time. Even, he had, even though he had a glimpse, he had no idea. Can I tell you that what's going on in your life, is, there's so much more to it than just what you see. You can't get caught up in your tunnel vision of your life and your situation and your stuff. God's got a huge, bigger picture. And if you will trust him with it, if you'll just say, okay, God, I don't understand it, but I'll give up whatever it is you're putting into my life, to, your requirement, guess what? God's going to cause that picture and that thing to happen. Because he's, and he, guess what? You're going to see God as Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I want to share a story with you as we close. Actually, it just happened today. I, I, I was just kind of reviewing my thoughts and going over Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God, my provider. Thinking about that whole situation. And I get a phone call. And it's a, a lady in our church. And uh, so she, she hooked up with this other lady um, that has, uh, has an organization in our community of giving out food to people in need. And uh, so she had a lot of food that she had stored up and bags and bags of, of food and groceries and supplies. And, and uh, so she asked if she could arrange to meet her uh, at a certain location so she could, this lady, could distribute it the way uh, to where needs are. And uh, she said, yeah. So, so they exchanged, she said, uh, well, I'm driving this. And the other lady said, well, I'm driving this. And, and uh, we'll meet in this particular parking lot. So so our dear friend loaded up all of her supplies and even threw in a little you know, note of where uh, other food pantries and things were in the community. And, and, uh, and off she went. Got to the parking lot uh, where this lady uh, who runs this bigger organization was going to meet her and uh, saw, saw the vehicle, saw the make, saw the model. Uh, and so that, that's the, saw the lady in, and she was on her phone. And so she, she, she parked next to her and got out and knocked on the window and the, the lady turned and, and the lady was crying. And of course, you know, the, the, my friend uh, didn't know who this lady was or didn't know who she was meeting, just knew it was driving a certain car. And so uh, she waited until she got off the phone and finally she got off the phone and the woman's crying and she goes, um, hey, I just want you to know I, I, I brought you um, your food and your supplies. And the lady just was dumbfounded. She's like, what? Oh, I, you know, the, I brought you your supplies. I brought you your food. And, and she's like, um, you're an angel. You're just an angel. 
And, and, my, and my children are going to have so much to eat now. And she just started crying. Thank, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're an angel. And my, and my friend was like, well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an angel. I'm just, you know, just trying to get some food away and help, help out. And uh, loaded her all down. And, uh, and the lady and, and gave her a little, you know, here's a car. Here's, here's our church and, you know, all this stuff. I'd love to have you if you ever want to come. And like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And just uh, and drove off. And so my friend, uh, she drove off, felt good about the whole situation. She was able to, you know, give her some food and, uh, you know, give this lady that runs an organization that gives food away, was able to help her out. And, and, um, and gets a phone, she gets a phone call and says, uh, uh, um, are you going to meet me at the parking lot? And uh, my, my friend said, uh, well, what, what do you mean? We, I just met you. <laughs> and she said, uh, what are you talking about? No, I, I, I'm, I just got here. I was running late. And uh, it suddenly began to dawn on, on, on my friend that, that she'd given groceries to somebody that wasn't the person she was supposed to give them to, or at least she thought. And it came, she came to the realization that God had ordained her footsteps. Come on. That God had led her divinely to this person who was in dire straits of food and hope and need. And literally God used her to become that lady's provider. Obviously God is. That's just the way God works. God is your provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. And if you will just lean into him and totally worship him with everything you have, you'll find that to be true. A friend of mine, he, uh, he and his family, they were pastoring young in the ministry at the time, young in the ministry and uh, sitting at the table, sitting at the table, getting ready to sit at the table to eat. And his wife said to him, said, honey, we have no more food at all in our cupboard. He says, what do you mean? He says, we have no more food. There's nothing to eat. And uh, you don't get paid for a while. And he said, well, we're just going to sit down and eat anyway. She goes, but we don't have any food. He goes, let's just sit down. So he got all, they had two kids. They sat down at the table, and they began uh, to say prayers. And he said, Lord, thank you for the food that we're about to eat. Thank you, Father, for providing for us because you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you, God, that we can trust you in the worst situations. You're always providing. Amen. And as soon as he said amen, there was a knock on the door. They went to the door. And there was a couple with six bags of groceries and said, God told us to come and bring you some food, that you needed food. And they said, well, you're just in time. Thank you very much for, for being a blessing. How many know God is our provider? And he will always be there for us in every situation. If we will give him what's important to him, give to us what's important to us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right there where you're at with me this morning? Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Today would be a great day to do that, to surrender your life to the Lord. I would ask you to pray this prayer right now in your heart. Would you say this? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord 
my Savior, my Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. Thank you for hearing this prayer, Father. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And for everyone else watching, I want to say one more prayer for you as well. I know things have been a little crazy, a little chaotic, but you're coming through. We're doing fine. Everybody's going to be good. God's on the throne. And you need to know that he's your provider. Can we just pray one more time? Let me pray for you right there where you're at. Father God, right now, in Jesus' name, I just send a word, Lord God, of life and of hope to everyone watching this morning. And I thank you that you are showing them that you are faithful and you are their provider. We thank you, Lord, that you will not let us fall. Lord, you know when a sparrow falls to the ground, you know how many hairs are in our head. And so, Lord, if you know those small little details, how much more will you take care of us? You are our provider. And I ask, Lord God, that everyone here watching online, that we will give our, we will give our lives totally, 100% to you. And that you, Lord God, will see and understand and know, just as you knew with Abraham, there is nothing between us and you. There is nothing between us. That you have our whole heart. You have our whole life. Everything we have is yours. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness and for showing us your provision. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. Oh, man, thank you for letting us be a part of your morning today. I pray you have a wonderful day. Spread the news. If you know of anybody that needs help, anybody's in need, please let us know. We're going to be in touch with you. Don't know what next weekend looks like. Uh, we'll let you know. Stay in touch. We'll keep you posted as best we can. We'll make that decision as decisions unfold. God bless you. Have a great, great morning. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.